Hello and welcome to Apprentice Talks. My name is Katie. And my name is Sam. And this is an apprenticeship podcast about uh, educating, informing and giving insight into what it's really like to be an apprentice and juggle multiple worlds. Uh, following on from applying for apprenticeships, uh, we've got a very exciting guest today, Jack, who is a software engineer at Jaguar Land Rover, completing his uh, BSc Digital and Technology Solutions degree at the University of Warwick. So today's podcast is going to centre around his uh, apprenticeship application experience. Um, and we're going to be talking to Jack about the in excess of 100 apprenticeships he applied for and 10 offers that he got from the th- around 30 interviews that he attended. You will learn in this podcast that Jack's a great person to give tips about applying for apprenticeships and um, about the approach he took so he can get the one that he wanted. So we'll just start off the interview. Um, so, Jack, tell us a bit about yourself and about your apprenticeship program. Hi, uh, thanks for the introduction. So, I am coming to the f- the end of my first year at Jaguar Land Rover, where Katie said I'm studying my digital and technology solutions degree. Um, I studied maths, physics, and computer science at A level, so tailored quite well to the software engineer job, and yeah. have always wanted to go in that direction so it seemed quite a nice thing to do gaining the work experience and also the free training through the uh, apprenticeship levy Mm. um yeah cool so um what made you kind of want to do um this apprenticeship program or like why did you specifically choose to do an apprenticeship um over like the traditional route um, and did you consider those other options or um, did you just, you know, just go for apprenticeships uh, when you were in school? So my school did push us towards applying for university and I did apply through UCAS and my firm offer was at Warwick. <laughs> to right. um, and it wasn't. I went to a grammar school, so they're very keen on getting everybody into Oxbridge and doing medicine and engineering and things like that. Yeah. Um, But with the career I wanted to take, the work experience was a lot more valuable than the degree. Even though the degree gets you into a job, after that you can't get anywhere without the working knowledge. And I thought, what better way to get the working knowledge than to work at a very prestigious British automotive company and also gain the knowledge and degree from a very prestigious uh, British university so it's sort of all molded together as a perfect combination yeah I think obviously so so did you actually apply for UCAS or not at all you just literally went for the apprenticeship route yeah so I did apply for uh, through UCAS as we were pushed to and I did want to keep my options open Um, in the end I didn't actually meet my offer for uh, Warwick and yeah. I had another apprenticeship that you had to apply through UCAS on there and I didn't meet the offer for that either so it was a uh, a stressful day on results day and then towards the end of the day I was given my offer at Jaguar Land Rover so it ended up being right, quite okay, a roller coaster so, over <laughs> so did your did your offer actually hinge on your results um it yes and no the um Yes, as in I had to get certain results, and no, 
because the results were so the grades were so low the entrance grades it would have yeah been very bad if I didn't get them okay <laughs> <laughs> okay and like um I've got a question um so obviously you said at the very start that you applied for over 100 apprenticeships and you got you successfully received at least 10 offers where, where did you find the time to, to do these whilst in year 13 studying for it was like you got to do something on time management because that's some crazy time management skills there but um yeah how how did that happen in terms of like just even finding time and tell us a bit more about those apprenticeships that you applied for Yeah, so I'd, I'd agree with you there that the time management would definitely have to be pretty good. And judging by the difference in my predicted grades to my actual grades, I think that shows, shows how much time I put into the applications compared to my actual study. Um, <laughs> so I didn't... It paid off. It, yeah, see, it, it paid off that I got the job I wanted, but obviously I didn't get the grades I wanted. But in the end, that didn't matter because I'm in a much better position than some of the people at my school that got three A stars. Mm. Um, Yeah. so when it came down to it, I did get what I wanted. Um, but I definitely say what I did may have been excessive, Mm. but it did obviously give me that opportunity to have the decision of where I wanted to go instead of fighting for a job. I had, well, theoretically, I had companies fighting for me instead, um, which was definitely... benefit of applying for so many but I would say Yeah. I didn't really have the time to apply for so many that I did and go to so many interviews that I did actually go to I think the I, the ideal way to have done it would be maybe apply for 50 and go to 15 interviews and get five offers I would have been in the same position as you normally would be in UCAS with five offers Yeah. for your degree So, so I'm assuming that was the applications and like when come, obviously different pictures have different open like open application times and closing times like yes um was you do was you like was you going to like interviews during like exam season like when when was majority of them in terms of um so they varied time a lot my first interview was actually at jaguar land rover and that was christmas of year year twat no christmas of year 13 um Yeah. and then my interviews went basically from then consistently maybe every other week until um, the end of my exams and my last interview was um, well my last offered interview was the day of my fifth or sixth exam um, Right. <laughs> wow. but I didn't That's go crazy. to it in the end because they, rear they rearranged it because it was on the day of an exam but for me it was ideal to have it on the day of that exam it was all a bit confusing um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, Wow. pretty much consistently from Christmas of year 13, right until, uh, right up until the end. And I still had interview offers coming in after exams and even after results day. So it is quite a rolling recruitment period. You don't, they never stop recruiting, especially when they're using training providers and not actual universities because they don't have that term time going on. Could you give us some examples like of some of the different different kind of screening methods and processes that some of these companies did and like maybe if you would like to talk about some of the companies that you did apply for that'll be really interesting I think it'll be cool to talk about what can what can people at least expect do you see any sim similarities any contrasts between different processes Yep. 
Um, so obviously, pretty much every single one I applied for, the initial stage was you apply online, you attach your CV, and you answer a few questions like, why do you want to do this apprenticeship? What skills do you have that you think would apply? Uh, what work experience do you have? And bits and bobs like that. Um, and then when I went through an interview at Bloomberg, that was an interesting one because the second section to their interview process was a Skype interview where they would get you to use a platform and basically code alongside one of their lead engineers, a sort of wow. a live programming interview, which I found really cool. And I thought it was great um, because it really showcased exactly what I could do. And then in contrast to somewhere like BT, where they get you to do a recorded video interview, it doesn't, yeah. it's not the same thing. And I know Katie would have heard me say this at the conference that we went to, that I'd constantly said that the video interviews where you're not talking to anybody, it doesn't show um, who you really are and what yeah. you can really mm -hmm. do. And I think Bloomberg adopting that method of showing they can take the time to talk to you at such an early stage in the interview, it gave you that, a good impression of their company. Yeah, because I think it's important for um, young people as well to realise that, you know, it's not just about that company accepting you, but it's also about you picking the right company exactly. to work for yourself. Yeah. And you need to be sold on them in order for, for you to sell yourself um, to them. So... Exactly. With, yeah, with, sorry for interrupting, but with, no, that's um, right. with Bloomberg, that was definitely one of my top choices just because the way I was treated throughout the process was definitely one of the best. Yeah. Um, meeting the people in the office. And it wasn't, you get thrown in with some HR consultants. And there's nothing wrong with speaking to the HR consultants, but you really don't get a good view of who you'd be working with and what you'd be doing. And yeah. my interview was totally led by software engineers in the departments that were recruiting. So I'd be working directly for them. Yeah. Um, and it right. gave me a really good impression of the like the vibe in the workplace and they could tell you exactly what you'd be working on what they'd need you to do and really get to know the team before you've even been offered a job and it gets mm. that nice integration that you really do want when you're jumping straight from sixth form to both university and work you get a nice um a lot of support from where you're yeah. going and like the pastoral support yeah you can see kind of where you would slot in within that organization as well yeah exactly um so you talked a bit about the different um sort of application processes that you went through um could you talk about obviously you're now employed at jaguar land rover could you talk about the application process for jaguar land rover and how those different steps kind of got you to where you are now yeah um so like i said before initial stage was just apply online um yeah. and then your cv gets reviewed along with your initial application then you would either be declined straight at the first hurdle or you are sent a couple of links for some online tests mm -hmm. so they were a basic maths test and a situational judgment test so basically your interaction with both customers and colleagues and how you can diffuse situations or um, I don't want to say manipulate, um, <laughs> but <laughs> work around people to get them to give you what you want and be be political, basically. 
Yeah. Right. Um, and then if you pass those, you were given a date for an assessment day where you, along with, I think mine was six other people, you would go to their uh, recruitment site and they would take you through the day where I had a one-to-one interview with an engineer. I had a group interview where you would be given a brief and basically have to present to a board. And then one of the members of the board would be assessing you directly and how you they would watch you plan and then also watch you present so they could see exactly how you work from start to finish. Mm. And then I had a final interview where I had to present a project that I had worked on. So I chose my A-level programming coursework because right. I could show exactly how I work from the planning stage, working with the people I'm programming for, developing what I need to program, and then obviously giving a finished product to give back to the customer. And that gave a nice overview of what I had to do. That's interesting because, you know, not a lot of, of um, obviously you need to prepare for these screening um, and assessment centres, but you obviously actually had to present something there, um, which is quite interesting. So did they sort of like let you know before that you needed to do that? Um, how did that kind of work? Yeah, so we were given ample notice from basically what, the second you get invited to the assessment day, I had a brief attached of exactly how the day was going to go, um, timings for the lunch, where to be, the different interviews, the group assessment and the presentation that I had to do so I was given the title of the presentation which was I think it was present a project that you are proud of or something like that so right. a wide wide yeah. topic um, but it said something like preferably technical because obviously I was going into a software role yeah um, yeah so I was, I was given a lot of time to prepare but then obviously they didn't give us the brief for the group assessment to see how you can work quickly and work as a team with people you met half an hour ago basically yeah and um how long was this whole process like from start to finish like how how so people can at least get a gauge of like how long these so actually happen yeah with with jaguar land rover it's a it's an outlier i'd say because obviously it was was my first interview but then i was put on the reserve list uh in january yeah. and didn't get an actual offer until results day. So pretty much as late as possible. <laughs> um, so that's the longest it could be. It's like yeah. six, six, seven months. Yeah. But on average, so I had a friend at my school that applied for the same job. Mm. And he he was given the offer in December. Right. So it was, I think it was a two-week turnaround from the assessment day to the offer. So obviously you can see there's a there's a wide range of response times and then some of them I was given an offer in February March it's usually a couple of months because obviously they do have to go they have a you you guys know you they have a lot of people applying yeah, yeah. Well, how, how, how competitive was yours like did they, did they tell you um they did give us rough numbers recently but I don't remember exactly how many it was we've got 40 on the course okay and there was at least a thousand applications I think wow that's, um, yeah. So yeah, to you, man. There's, yeah, quite a lot of people, um, and Jaguar Land Rover obviously is already competitive in both the graduate and under- undergraduate 
um, programs. Mm. So I'm not surprised that there's so many people applying for the apprenticeship. And um, so once you got offer, like what 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 was the thing that I guess made you, you know finally accept? Like what 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 was the things about the apprenticeship itself maybe that made you said you know this one's this one's for me um, besides the other ones that you got offered for? Yeah, so I. I'll use Renishaw as an example. I yeah. got an offer from them, from them quite early. What, what kind of company is that? Uh, so they are, they're an engineering company based okay. in Stroud. Okay. And they okay. they focus on uh, like small measurements. So you might have heard recently, it was quite a while ago now, but they were in people, they were, I think it was injecting or drilling into people's brains to cure Parkinson's. <laughs> what? Oh, um, quite a while ago. And they developed the technology and software oh, okay. to get those tiny, tiny measurements wow. to make it accurate enough. So quite interesting stuff. Mm. But when yeah. it came down to it for me, um, it was measuring <laughs> to make it <laughs> as blunt as possible. Um, yeah. And obviously working in the car industry, mm. I'm quite into Top Gear and the Grand Tour. I've watched pretty much every episode. Um mm. So it was always something I was interested in. I'm quite into my cars. I've just bought a new car recently. Um, so the main reason was the industry I was going into and mm. how interesting the work would actually be. Um, yeah. And then again, the university life and how far away I was from the university because we're sure we're using Exeter. So oh, okay. you would do a, I think they do three-day residential residentials where they drive you down there. Okay. which isn't that bad but it doesn't it, you don't really get to integrate with the university as much as i would yeah. have liked and yeah. then with jaguar land rover their headquarters are in warwick mm, and easy. i go to the i go to warwick university and yeah, we go yeah. i think the time scale is one week in every six so i'm there relatively often um so you're, so you're at university one week every, once every one of a week block every six weeks exactly yeah okay and in between, like, so what in between that, what happens? Like, are you are you are you still going to? We're in the lectures? we're in the office full time. Okay. Um, so they do the lectures one week in every six, and basically cover a module every week. So that's, it, that's intense. Man. It is. Yeah, it's quite intense. Um, but I think it's worth it because you get more. You get all the teaching done together, yeah. and I feel like if it was one one day a week. I wouldn't be take. It's difficult because there's benefits and drawbacks to both. Obviously, having one day a week, it's less intense. Mm. But I feel like it's quite easy to forget what you've been taught two weeks ago and then have to apply it, unless you're applying it all in one week. But then, mm. like I said, there's benefits to and drawbacks to both. So it's a, a di- obviously a difficult decision, especially where somewhere like Bloomberg do one day a week at mm. Queen Mary's University. Um, so it's really a that's something that you, I did consider um, yeah. when applying. Yeah, because Sam and I do um, one day a week, and that's what we've done kind of since the start of ours. But I guess it works differently in different apprenticeship programs. Yeah. So obviously you, you study every six weeks for a whole week, and then in between that you're working full time in the office. What does that look like for you in terms of your role for on a day-to-day basis? Like what does it mean to be a software engineer at Jaguar Land Rover? So at the moment, I'm being given projects that the my team are quite short-staffed at the moment 
Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm, I don't really know what I'm allowed to say. Um, so I'll be as careful as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But they're extremely busy. So there's little tasks like writing a script to automate something yeah. or updating some old models that we're using. Uh, by model, I mean like a uh, programming model, not a model that someone's made of like a car. It's, um, right. I think we're good to like, if we like talk about software engineering as a, I think some listeners may not even know. Yeah, yeah, no, what, that's what, what, yeah. Before I go into exactly what I do, software engineering is, um, people will have heard of software developers and software engineers. Um, yeah. Software developers are mainly programming applications and things like that. Whereas a software engineer will be writing software for real time and sort of more engineering applications. So what you think of when you hear engineer are cars, buildings, things like yeah. that. Whereas developers, you're looking at apps. So if you software for engineering stuff, it's difficult to get perfectly rounded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Software for more mechanical things. Yeah, so. right. So would you say like, would I, would I assume the like I say like the the, the technology within a, within a car in terms of like the 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 AI maybe or the or the software within like the car's in, interior yeah um, is that what you guys are I guess so I'm working on so I'm in HVAC which is heating ventilation and air conditioning yeah so mainly working on the screens that control the air conditioning uh, there's some people in my team that work on seats so heated seats massage seats things like that. But yeah. then on the other side of things, there's people that are software developers in the same company that will work on the app for the car that controls yeah. it and things like that. Or there'll oh, be people okay. that work on the automated driving. So depending on where you are in the business, you're a software developer, you're a software engineer, or you're even just an engineer and you're building the cars. Um, and yeah. in your apprenticeship, Jack, do you rotate into different roles or do you stay in the same role for the whole time? So we have the opportunity to rotate into different roles, but not in the first year. Because right. when it comes down to it, they've recruited people into where they need people. Yeah. So they want you to learn as much as you can in your home team. So my home team's HVAC. They want me to stay there as long as possible, learn everything I can. Because realistically, when it comes, when I come back at the end of my apprenticeship, and I'm a full-time engineer there, I'm going to be working in that department. And as yeah. much as it may take away learning other parts of the business, um, the, obviously Jaguar Land Rover have the needs that they need to satisfy, um, like supply-wise, and they have to put yeah. engineers yeah. where they need them. Um, so, sense. yeah, so we are offered placements, uh, but mainly in the second and third year. So I'd like to go into research or something like that for a year, which would be quite cool. Or even working yeah. on the app side of things, because it's very different compared to what I would work on usually, which would be the modeling, which is less mm. coding programming that you like writing all the lines of code, whereas the modeling is more taking pre-built blocks and sort of building them together, sort of like a flowchart, but a really, com a right, really complicated okay. one. Um, so yeah. we've... So we've talked a little bit about your your experience of applying, your role itself. Um, is there any kind of achievements um, that you'd like to highlight or opportunities that you might have had um, that you wouldn't have had if you'd have done your traditional university route? Um, well, again, 
looking at the work experience side of things that in itself i'd say is an, ach- is an achievement because i'm yeah. doing spending this well getting a normal degree but then obviously working alongside really smart engineers in a great business and working on projects for new cars and testing features for new cars and things like that so that in itself being able to work on the front line of the new technology i think is really interesting and then again being the first year of uh, digital and technology solution apprentices at jaguar land rover it's given all of us an opportunity to be um the poster people of jaguar land rover for this um for this course so going to the conference with katie going to careers fairs in birmingham uh, going to careers fairs at schools it's nice to go around and share what we're doing with people um, to really show what you can do on an apprenticeship and show that it's the say just as good and in most places i would say better than a normal degree yeah, I've got a, I've got something. I've got a question. It's a it's a funny one. Um, so what does when you when you when you like drive into work like what is, does everyone have a Range Rover or like a Range Rover <laughs> car? Or is it is it is it banned that you drive any other car than your than the car that? You so that's yeah, good, good question. Um, for the managers, obviously, um, the higher you get, the more benefits you get. So yeah. from the day I started, I got discount on the cars. Um, which is very nice I um, well uh, Land Rover used to be owned by Ford if you didn't know that so uh, we still get some discounts on Ford so I didn't buy a Jaguar I bought a Ford Um, Mm. so the car park is either filled with Jaguars Range Rovers or Fords uh, because everybody (laughs) takes the discount and then you see the odd person driving like a Mercedes well or like a, a restored Mazda MX-5 or something like that older cars because everybody's oh, okay. everybody's a petrol head really um yeah. they've all got a project car or something like that that they're working on um but right. yeah to answer the question yes <laughs> pretty it, if you're in the manager's car park you won't see anything other than a Jaguar or a Land Rover there's no way because <laughs> the deals are good <laughs> doesn't make sense yeah yeah fair enough <laughs> um and we're trying to sort of give like a realistic view of apprenticeship so jack if you could like highlight one challenge that you faced as an apprentice um just to give sort of a realistic view obviously we appreciate they're not easy sam and i are doing one ourselves like there are tough times can you highlight a challenge you faced as an apprentice um getting one in the first place i say <laughs> that is a challenge in itself and giving up at that stage um, is definitely one of the uh, the nicer options, I'd say, mm. um, just because it is very difficult to get onto one. But once you're there, if you can get through the application process, especially if you're applying for lots, then you definitely got the drive to complete the apprenticeship itself. And then I'd say time management, um, mm. like Sam said before, it's you've got to be you've got to be very good at managing your time, especially when you're working at in the workplace, but also having to complete the degree at the same time. But then again, that comes with the t- extra time you get in the work. So I get one day a week to complete my university work. Um, so they, you do get the opportunity to split your time because the pe- 
the company you're working for knows that you're doing that degree. They're paying for it. Um, so obviously it's, a, it's beneficial to both of you to make sure you're gaining knowledge in the workplace and at university. And then I'd say, not specifically for me, but maybe for other, other people in my year, they found it difficult to integrate properly into a team and be given meaningful work, I think. So it really does yeah. depend on the attitude of your managers and senior managers of what work you're going to be given. But I guess in the case that you're not given stuff that you think is really putting you uh, difficult enough that it's really challenging you, then it's mm. your, it, you need to be the one to go and say, look, I, I want some different work. I want some harder work. Give me some more work, mm. something more relevant to what we're doing instead of the trivial yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. So that I feel like that's probably quite a big challenge. And a lot of people will say, oh, no, I don't want to do an apprentice because I'll be the one making the coffee the whole time. And mm. that is the problem that a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, that is that is that is the stereotype. And I won't say that it isn't there because it is. Mm. Um, but you need to be the one that then says, look, I don't want to do that. I'm being paid yeah. to do a job. Give me the work that you're paying me to do. Yeah. That sort of yeah. Thing. Um. Speaking about that, like, so what what are you thinking in terms of, you know, after your apprenticeship? Have you thought about that at all? Um, have you thought about what it will take, what it will take you? Know, yeah. You know, very early on. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of has, has a plan. And yeah. I hope the plan goes to plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, so I've always wanted to be a software engineer, I think, or in cybersecurity. Mm. Um, so my ideal plan is work at Jaguar Land Rover. Uh, for a few years gain the knowledge that I need complete the degree stay for a few years afterwards and then ideally I'd like to work at GCHQ or MI5 um, wow he's got a yeah. proper plan man. so the, the, <laughs> the problem with that that I had I applied for the degree apprenticeship but wasn't allowed to join because I didn't pass the vetting stage um, so I, I lived abroad in Spain for eight years and then yeah. I've only lived in the UK for two years consecutively now yeah. Um, which they a big no no for them, basically. Mm. Um, so But maybe in a few exactly. years. Exactly. So ideally I'm waiting for that time to pass to then apply for the security service for the civil service. And then after that I'd like to move back to Spain and retire <laughs> there. Um, retire, so yeah. it's um that's the plan. Whether it um, we'll check up on you yeah, in ten years to see. Please do. I'm, I'm sure I'll be um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll still be at Jaguar. If, I'm honest. if you're in the secret service you might not be allowed to do well that yeah, I'm yeah. Pro i'll probably have to tell you that i work for some contracting firm or something yeah <laughs> like, I, I, I guess um, you'll never know <laughs> <laughs> literally so i'm um, just to, just to finish off um because i said this main podcast was talk about you know the fact that you you have you applied for so many so many apprenticeships and you know um, the process and the experience uh i want to so a question to you is like if you was to meet a version of yourself um when you first started to apply for these apprenticeships uh knowing what you know now uh what, what would you say was a are maybe two to three tips that you'd give yourself um in order to allow you to you know success successfully get all those apprenticeships <laughs> that you applied for like what, what would you say makes makes someone 
um, successful at, at, at application stages and what, what could they do to um, sort of stand out? Good question. Well, the first thing is, I say this a lot, this quote, I, I say play the game um, and you do need to play the game. You need to think about what employers want you to say and yeah. you need to say it um, because realistically, whether if you don't tell them what they want to hear and you don't tick all the boxes, you aren't going to get the job. So mm. you need to be looking at um, looking at their website and looking at the qualities they look for because Jaguar Land Rover, they have a list of qualities they want. They list exactly mm. what you want, exactly what they want you to be and what you can mm. do. So when you're applying, you need to look at these websites, look at the, the company's values and you need to take those into your own words and go, look, I've done this and this ticks this box. I've done this and it ticks this box. And like I say, play the game to get you that job and not lie your way in, mm. but it's take the information that they're giving you because it's there, it's mm. there for you to take. You just need to yeah. find it. Um, and then really apply everything that you've done to the qualities they want. And if you can do that, then you're ticking all the boxes and they'll say, well, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's done exactly what we want. There's no reason not to hire him. That sort of thing. That's a really good piece of advice, actually. Not something I thought of. Um, but obviously, I guess on the flip side of that, um, you need to, you know, not lie, as exactly. you said, and, and make sure you, you be yourself um, to make sure you fit in. Um, well, yeah, th that kind of concludes uh, episode 10. Um, so thank you so much um, for your time, Jack. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks for having me on. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Jack's uh, LinkedIn is Jack Young, if you want to follow him and uh, look a bit more at his experiences. Um, but other than that, thank you to everyone for listening. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Apprentice Talks. Yep. Thank you, guys.